I'm going to talk about an attitude because God is always concerned about our attitudes, an attitude of gratitude, and we'll see how it all fits in. But I just believe that on this day, we talk about giving thanks to the Lord, but how do we posture ourselves? How, do we, how can we be so positioned so that it's, it's a genuine, our, our worship, our praise, our adoration to the Lord, because I believe once God gets us in the right position, then that which he would have come forth through us can actually come forth through us. Father, I just pray that even as we go into these scriptures that you help us and we realize we need the assistance of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. But here in John chapter 1, John 1, 16, John 1, 16, uh, it was speaking of Jesus, and this particular small portion of Scripture says, and of his fullness we all received and grace for grace. That's a very potent Scripture, uh, and I just wanted to begin with that part because it speaks of the origin of what we are expected to release as we are expected to release grace to others, we realize that there is an origin from which this grace comes. It says, of his fullness, he's full of grace and truth, and it's of his fullness we all have received, all have received. And it says grace for grace, grace to, to receive grace. That's what the Scripture is really saying, is that we're grace to receive from him that which God would have us to receive. But first of all, we receive the initial grace in order to receive a greater degree of grace. We receive greater grace once we come to the place of acknowledging the source from which grace originates. It says, so we all have received. God gave you something before he required something of you. Can I, can I put it this way? God gave you something before he requires anything of us. So we talk about giving thanks unto the Lord. First of all, we must acknowledge what the Lord has given us in order to give thanks. So the gift of God provides the grace that we need even to love because when you see this word grace, we begin to see how it's closely akin to the word love, charis, love. So what happens, we have, it has been provided for us. And uh, uh, what happens, the gift of God provides the grace that we need to love. We can't even love without receiving this gift from the Lord because our love is, in fact, a response to his love. Uh, we respond to the love of God. Our response is love. So when we receive his love, we are empowered. He initiates love. The Bible talks about not that we loved him, not that we loved him, but he loved us first. He loved us first. Uh, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17, it says we loved us first. So now, let's begin to look at the whole process that takes place within us. Since we have been loved by the Lord, since the Lord 
has loved us, initiated the process of love towards us, and has, uh, I would say, imparted that love within us, then our response to him is gratefulness for what we have received from him. So we are responding to his initiative. It is in gratitude. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about. Thanksgiving is really, in fact, responding to God's initiative. What has God done? But we must be knowledgeable of what God has done in order to respond rightly to what he's done. And then understand our response cannot be incommensurate to what we have received because we understand how limited our knowledge is of all the things that we receive from the Lord. There are things that God has given us that we are not fully aware of as of yet. And uh, the Bible talks about every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights where there's no variation or even shadow of turning. So what are the things we have received from the Lord? And the Bible talks about all things that pertain to life and godliness. It talks about every good and perfect gift comes down. There are many scriptures that support the fact that God has given us more than we at any given point in our lives have really come to realize. So, so ours is not in... And commensurate to that, because what happens, we say, I want to give God as much as he's given to me. You can't do that. There's no way for you to give back to God as much as he's given to you. But, but, but understand, when we have received from the Lord, our hearts are filled with gratitude. And our desire is to give to the Lord as much as we possibly can give to him. And, and, and if that hasn't happened, you understand what happens? It, it, it is because the knowledge of his love uh, has not grown to the degree that God would have it to grow. And when we get to that place, you understand there is a responsibility that's placed upon our shoulders. There is a, I would say, there is a passion that grows within us. There is a, I would say, a stirring that occurs within us where you say, Lord, I want to give you something. I want to give you more than I've given you beforehand. I, I feel so inadequate. I feel so insufficient to give you what you deserve because now the Lord is showing you more and more of who he is and what he has given. So then we look at this scripture in, in, in Psalm 116, a very familiar passage of scripture, Psalm 116 and verse 12 that we usually refer to when it comes to Thanksgiving. It says, what shall I render to the Lord? What can I give to the Lord? You understand what has happened. He has revealed to me something. So what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? What can I give him commensurate to all that he's given me? Well, how can I respond to God's initiative? Now, now, look at what God is saying to us. He says, now, heart is overwhelmed. Our desire is to give God what he deserves, but yet we cannot give him what he deserves because we don't have the power, the ability, or even we are, we're not in position to, to possess as much as he deserves. So then it says, so what shall I render to him? The Lord says, well, take what I gave you. Or what I want you to do in order to be in position of responding rightly to me, take in what I have released towards you. 
take what I have given you. He says, so instead of giving to the Lord, he says, I will take the cup of salvation. Instead of giving God something, to express my love is to receive what he has given me. That's my expression to the Lord. In order to express to the Lord how much I appreciate him is to receive what he has released towards me. Now, you would say, well, is that, is that fair? Because the truth of the matter is in my receiving, am I, in fact, giving anything? I said, what shall I give? And the Lord is saying, how much of what I've given are you receiving? That's what the Lord is saying. Here we're saying, what can I give? <clears throat> and the Lord is saying, how much of what I've given you are released towards you, are you receiving? See, it's really saying that you've not received the fullness of what I have, in fact, released towards you. I've given you more. I've released to you more than you at any given point in your life <coughs> has come to realize. So he says, I will take the cup of salvation. When he talks about taking the cup of salvation, <coughs> he is saying in essence that there is a degree in which our salvation is yet to reach. We, the fullness of our salvation has not been fully realized as of yet. He is saying, in essence, that there's more to salvation than we have come to realize. Then he says, <coughs> he is saying, take in what I'm revealing to you. Take in what I'm revealing to you. <clears throat> I just want to raise my voice this high. I get excited sometimes, and it causes it. <clears throat> take in what I've revealed to you. Take it in. <clears throat> then he says, when you take it in, I am equipping you through your receiving. Then you are equipped <clears throat> to call on my name, to call upon me, to call upon my name, to call upon the name of the Lord. See, I can't call upon his name until I take in. But when I take in, that postures me to call upon the name of the Lord. And then, watch what happens. Now, it's still what the Lord has given and my response to what he's given me. He says, then I will render. As a result of that, I will pay my vows. I can release, I can give my time, I can give my talents, and I can give my treasure. So this is really a heart that is after God in pursuit of him. I'm pursuing him. Not seeking after idols or deflected towards other things, but I'm really going after God with everything that's within me. That's where we are then. It is saying now, Lord, I, I want to love you with my whole heart, with all of my soul. And I want to love you with all of my 
mine, and I want to love you with all of my strength. You see, what it does, it postures us to understand all the more that scripture out of Psalm 42, where it talks about the deer. It says, as the deer pants after the water brook, so pants my soul for you. He says, oh, Lord, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? When will I be at a place where, where we can be together the way I would like for us to be together? God would have given you so much more if you were postured to show appreciation to what God has already given you. You see, the, the lack of expression, the lack of expression and appreciation of, let me tell you what happens. Some people feel unappreciated. And you've probably been there too, where you feel unappreciated. You say, look, I just feel like nobody appreciates me. Uh, it, who really loves me? Who's really concerned about me? And understand when you feel underappreciated and understand often you feel this way because, because what happens you have high expectations, but you have low expressions. You see, it, it, it is like you're expecting more love to come your way, but you've not been empowered to respond rightly to the love that's already come. You see what happens? It, it is saying, Lord, I, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to do the other. And the Lord is saying, have you considered what I've already given? Have you considered what I've already done? Have you considered what has already been given to you? But you're saying, Lord, give me more. Give me more. You've not done enough for me. Lord, you've not done enough for me. I want you to do such and such. A, then I know you love me. I know you love me. And, 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 and the Lord is saying, uh, uh, what are you expressing? What kind of expression is coming forth towards me as a result of what I've already done? You, you see what happens? So there's this expectation. So, so what happens? You, then, then you're saying, that I don't feel love, the feel, there's a need. Does God really love me? Does God really, and the question is, do you really love God? Do you love God? Is there enough evidence to confirm the fact that you love him? Now, now here's what happens when we think about it. This is what happens. You've not really paid attention to, like I said, the benefits, the, the, the expressions that God has brought your way. This is how Second Peter puts it, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, but grow in grace, grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It says, now we talk about the grace that was given. He has given to us the measure of, uh, he given us grace by measure. That's what we read early on. It talks about the measure. Out of the fullness of his grace we have received, and it's grace for grace. So the measure of grace that we've already received, he says, I want you to grow in grace. And as you grow in grace, you also grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You come to the place where, where, where you say, the Lord is magnified. You know, we talk about magnify the Lord. It is saying the Lord, we, we see him as being larger than we saw him beforehand. That's what magnifying is all about. We see him as being larger. So now we, we look at him and we magnify him, and then we say, to him be the glory both now 
and forevermore, so be it. We, we, we put the signature, so be it. So, so now, this is what God does. He brings us into a greater understanding of his love. And, and understand what it does. I like that scripture we read a little while ago, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, where it talks about him loving, loving us first. But it also says, through that love, our love is matured. Our love is perfected. It talks about our love comes to the place where we are confident in his love. And when we're confident in his love, it says we have boldness in that day of judgment. Because what we see, we see as he is, so are we in this world. We see then that his love then can flow through us and impact those around us in a way that he could not otherwise. And it also cast out fear. It cast out fear, phobias, because there's no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. So then, as we come, I'm giving you several scriptures because I want you to understand what I'm saying is scripturally is founded in the Word of God. Here's what it says here in Ephesians 6, 30, and 23. It says, brethren, peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. So we love him in sincerity of heart. Now, we talk about sincerity. What I, I brought this up because it is saying that we're not trying to bribe God. We're not trying to bribe or manipulate God into deceptive compliments. It is saying, Lord, what I'm trying to do, because God see the end before the beginning. You, you can't manipulate God. To say, because it says with sincerity. It says, well, well, I know the only way I can get you, Lord, to get, to get what I want is to do such and such and such. So watch what I do. I worship you, almighty God. There's none like, like you. And, and you're worshiping God with your hands open. Lord, I worship you, almighty God. There's none like you. I worship you, almighty God. Uh, the Lord fill us with goodness. He gives us blessings. And what are you doing? You're worshiping God. You see, you worship him with the attitude of what you can get out of him. That's a bribe. That's a bribe. When you're trying to bribe. So we talk about sincerity you, and truth. It's not a bribe, but it is out of his fullness. We come to the place of seeing and realizing what God has done so, so it's not with a deceptive heart, but it is with the intent and, and, and with the intent of giving him what we've come to understand, that this is what he, in fact, deserves, a pure heart, sincere heart. What do you do? You're considering that, that, that what happens, you, uh, you would otherwise take a lot of things that God has done for you for granted. You said, now, Lord, I see, I see what you have done. Lord, you see what he does? I, I think it was Dr. McCaleb would always say that in order to thank him, you must think. If you think, you can thank. In fact, he put that on his tombstone. Said, said to think is to thank. So, so to give thanksgiving, it is to think about what God has done. It's to think about what God has granted. It's to think about what God has provided. He says, so therefore, thanksgiving becomes natural. 
it flows out of you. It's not something that you strain at doing because now you have come to the place of understanding what God has, in fact, granted. Uh, and, and here's the other part of this is that it's easy when you, God has done so much for us, it's easy to grow accustomed to all the things that God has done. You know, it's just supposed to be a good day. These things that are around are just supposed to be here. It's just supposed to. You, you see, you walk into an environment, this building's supposed to be here. These people just supposed to be. You, you see, things that we take for granted that God has, in fact, provided, we can grow to the place where we grow accustomed to things being as they currently are, but they came from somewhere. Something happened for those things that exist to occur. Or, or, or to, to, to occur. So what happens when we think about it? Where did this come from? I like that song, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. So we began to understand that God has provided. We don't just grow. So, so we see him as being the origin of all things. It came to us, but it did not originate from us. But, it, but understand what happens, it has to pass through the hands of others. So watch what happens. God blesses, but God allows you to manage that which he has blessed you with. And then it passes through your hands to others. So watch what happens here. So when we think about this, this is where we stand. The Bible talks about let your light so shine before men. Now watch this. Let your light so shine before men. You receive the light that came from God. Let your light so shine before men that men will see your good works. Now watch this. It is saying that which you receive from God passes through you and it has an effect upon others. They would not have received it lest first of all it came forth from him to you. Not didn't just come to you. Now it flows through you. It flows through you. Now, when it flows through you, the contact that the person has that receives that gift is what? It's you. Do you see that? The contact is you. They received something through you, but the contact is you. It's easy then to receive the glory. Lord, praise God. No, praise me for what I gave you. Praise, you see, praise me for what I have provided for you. But watch what happens here. It says, now they see your good works. Yes, they will give you an honorable mention. They say, well, I appreciate the fact that you yielded your life to the Lord. Are you saying this? I, but, but, but understand, the lack of appreciation leads to a lack of feeling loved. But when we come to the place of understanding that God used people to get a gift to you, 
You understand this? So we appreciate the fact that there were gifts around us, among us, that were yielded unto the Lord. So we give praise and honor and glory. First of all, we thank, we can thank them. Thank you for allowing the Lord to use you. But the major, we don't glorify the person. We don't glorify the person. We don't glorify the individual that had been used by the Lord. But this is what happened. We give glory to the source. We give glory to the source. You said, you said, they see our good works, but they glorify the source. So our gifts that are being used by the person that we touch, the people that we were used to impact, the people that we were used to bless, leads them to the place of comprehending a dimension of his love, that God's love is so powerful flowing through you that the same love that flow, was flowing through you is the love that God has in his fullness. And if he has it in his fullness, that's the love that he wants me to be attached to. So understand, then our efforts our efforts, and it takes the work of the Holy Spirit when eyes are open, then you're going to be appreciated all the more. You're going to be loved because of your yieldedness to the Lord. But the objective is to glorify your Father. You say, and I like how Jesus puts it. He don't just say, you're, uh, my Father in heaven. He don't say, my Father in heaven, hallowed be his name, uh, uh, thy, uh, his kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But what he said, he brings us into it. He says, our Father. He includes us in that whole scenario. He says, our Father, which art in heaven. He says, so, so my Father, the source from which the blessing flow through me to you, is our Father who resides in heaven. So now we give glory to our fathers together. We become his brother. We become his brethren. But, but you understand, you cut it short. And you get to the place there, nobody loves me. I, I'm, I, I'm deficient in the area of love. No, you've not appreciated God. And, and here's what happens. And the thing that you appreciate the most becomes your idol. It becomes your idol. It is a blessing of God that came through from God through a vessel. But if you don't pay attention, first of all, Paul began to talk about the one who taught you. And then he talks about, and, and teachers, and whoever, who has instructed you in the things of God, but glorify the Lord. If you don't trace it back to him, then you stop short of all of that, and you begin to look at the blessing itself. And that blessing becomes an idol to you. So we talk about an idol where it occupies your time, your talents, and your treasure. All of your time then is spent on dealing with the thing the blessing, and you do not acknowledge the blesser. So the Lord is saying, he says, I want you to understand, because now you're glorying in that. You're glorying in the blessing and not the blesser. So God doesn't want that to happen because I understand. And then the downside of that is that now that thing that you're glorying in cannot produce the, 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 the satisfaction that you're seeking after. There's still a longing 
that resides within your soul, there are needs that remain unmet. Why? Because your passions, your love has been misdirected towards objects that, uh, that have become idols within your life rather than the Lord God himself. So the Lord says, he says, so what I want you to do, I want you to love me. And if you love me, you love people rightly. You love people rightly. If you love me, you'll appreciate people the right way. If you love me, then their value will go up in your eyes. You will esteem those that are deserving of honor. You will honor them the way they deserve to be honored. Am I making any sense here? You will honor them the way they deserve to be honored. Now you can't honor them the way they deserve to be honored lest you give glory to God who is the source. I hope you see this. Unless you give glory to the one who deserves it. So now we give him, we give him more than just honor. We honor the Lord, but we don't just give him honor, but we give him honor and glory. Him honor and glory. Because both honor and glory belongs to the Lord. Now, I'm closing. This is how the we look at from Genesis to Revelation, how he brings us to that place of understanding this. And then at the end of the book, the book of Revelation 7, 12, it says, amen. In other words, he's bringing, uh, so be it. He says, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor, and power, and might be to our God. Are you seeing anything here? All of this be directed towards our God. It's directed towards our God. Not now, you say, what I did at Sunday, I gave him what? I gave him all that on Sunday morning. I gave it all to him. I mean, I even came Wednesday night. I even added a little extra to it. I came on Wednesday night. So during the worship service, I gave him glory, honor. I ascribed to him wisdom and might and all of that when I came to Wednesday night service. He said, but now it's not just when we gather together. It has to become lifestyle to us. And when it becomes lifestyle to us, then he opens our eyes to appreciate what God has given us beforehand, and we see that which God has provided in a different light. We see a different light. Beforehand, this would look like to me. And, and the Lord is saying, he said, you know, I was loving you through the gifts, that were provided. I, I, want, I want you to understand something of that. And I'm closing now. But, but understand what he's saying here. He says, I was loving you through what I gave you. I was loving you through what I gave you, what I provided for you, because without those provisions, you would not have the wherewithal to respond. 
So, so the Bible says God so loved the world. Now, this is God now. He is Lord, right? That he did what? That he gave. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. God so loved the world. How did he prove his love? By giving. He gave his only begotten son. Now, there was no other evidence of his love unless God gave. You say, well, so God has already given. He has already given. So it's not a matter of saying, Lord, give me. You see, Lord has contained within Christ all things pertaining to life in God. He said, I have given you, the, 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 I would have given you my, the, 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 my affection. You, you see, th this is my object of affection. There's nothing I can give you that's more precious to me than what I've already given you. That's what the Lord is saying in essence. I have given you that which is most precious to me. He says, so now God so loved us that he gave that which is most precious to him to us. That he gave his son to us in our sinless, in our sinful condition. He said, so that whosoever would believe on him or in him. Now, I want to make a point here. Believe in him, on him, should not perish but have everlasting love. That's a difference between being loving the Lord and being in love with him. Listen to what I'm saying here. Listen to what I'm saying. Look here. I, I can say, I can say, I love the Lord. I love the, that can be so glib. Uh, what that's, uh, I love you, Lord. I love you. That's passive. I love you. That's a passive uh, 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 statement. I love you, Lord. But now there's a difference. He says, I am found, the Bible talks about it, being found in love, being found in his love. You see, being in a place where, where we are rooted and grounded in his love. That's how the scripture puts it. When we are rooted and grounded in his love. So when we're rooted and grounded in his love, it's not a passive statement any longer. It becomes active. Because we were rooted and grounded in his love, it is saying that's love activated. I am in love because now I am willing to do whatsoever you require of me because I go back to uh, uh, Psalm. What shall I render? Psalm 116. What can I render to the Lord that has loved me so much that now I am found in his love and being found in his love now, my passion is, what can I do for you? How can I express this love? And there are no limits as to how far I'm willing to go. I hope you're getting this. There's no limits how far I'm willing to go. Why? Because I always feel that you deserve more than I'm, I'm able to give you at any given point. I'm not doing, I'm not doing more than you deserve because you have given me so many benefits. You have given me so much. I could never respond in kind to the gift that's been given. So now I'm asking the question, what can I give you? What can I do for you? You see what I mean? Now I become a willing servant unto the Lord. I'm not a slave. I am a slave to a degree, but love, I'm a love slave. I love you so much that now there's nothing that I would not be willing to do for you. And what God does, the benefit of it all, he gives you the peace that surpasses all understanding. He brings you to a place now where 
being rooted and grounded in love, you have boldness, you have the peace that surpasses understanding. You see, there's tranquility of heart, tranquility of mind, tranquility of spirit. Why? Because you're found in his love. So when we give gratitude today, while you eat your turkey, while you eat your dressing, we want to be in a place of comprehending the love of God and, and also appreciating every instrument in God's hand that he uses. He said, Lord, I praise God for the vessels that, God is, that God's using to get his blessings to me. But now, in appreciating it, I want what I've received from others to flow through me so that I, too, become an instrument of blessings in his hand. So praise God, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise, but over, over and above all of that, we give you the glory for the great things that you have done, and they're exclusive. Only you could do those great things. So we thank you for it, as you have given us the gift that keeps on giving, and that is your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it, and we receive it all as being joined to him, and being one with him. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God.